Hi everyone, welcome back to Do Better Podcast. This week I'm talking about a recent scandal involving Jamila Jamil and a new show called Legendary that's going to feature people from the ballroom community competing. So if you stay up to date on pop culture, you've probably heard of the recent scandal involving the Good Place star Jamila Jamil surrounding her being involved in a new ballroom competition show. For those of you that don't know, give a brief history about ball culture. This is entirely from Wikipedia. It had sources, so it may have its flaws, but I just wanted to give a brief history. So ball culture, also called drag ball culture or the house ballroom community, it's an underground LGBTQ subculture that originated in 1920s New York City in which people walk, which means compete, in different categories for trophies, prizes, and glory at events known as balls. Participants are mainly Black and Latinx members of the LGBTQ community. They dance, vogue, walk, pose, and support one another expressing themselves. Wikipedia says categories are designed to simultaneously epitomize and satirize various genders and social classes while also offering an escape from reality. The culture extends beyond these events as many participants live in houses of chosen families with the house mother or father who takes in people who have been rejected by their blood families. Houses exist in more than 15 U.S. cities, including New York City, Newark, Jersey City, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and Oakland, California. Houses that win a lot of trophies become legendary within the community. There's a long list of legendary houses. I'm not going to go into it, but some of them are mentioned on the show Pose. There's a huge cultural element to balls because the participants are Black and Latinx in their historically marginalized groups. So balls take on this special meeting where they can finally express themselves, and they often invoke cultural influences like hip-hop and music, different music influences. As a countercultural phenomenon, ball culture is rooted in necessity and defiance. They began as a way to defy laws against cross-dressing. The first balls were actually integrated, but the judges were all white, so black performers were barred from receiving prizes, prompting them to start their own balls. Recently, with the rise of social media, ball culture has been adopted across the world, in Canada, Japan, and the UK. The ball community has continued to be threatened by HIV and AIDS, since transgender people of color and men who have unprotected sex with men are at one of the highest risks of contracting the virus in the U.S. But ball culture has embraced a solution to the epidemic since it began in the 1980s with resources like sex education, free testing, and doing research to find a cure. Ball has been featured more in mainstream media in recent years. In 2006, even Beyonce described how inspired she was by the culture. And there are also a number of notable documentaries about it, including the 1991 film Paris is Burning, the 2016 film Kiki, the 2018 Viceland series My House, and arguably the most well-known, the FX show Pose that debuted in 2018 that featured the largest transgender cast in TV history. Highly, highly recommend. I'm a huge fan of the show Pose. I've learned a lot from watching it, and the information I give here is only brief history, like I said. There's so much more that you can delve into that I just don't have time to talk about since today we're mostly focusing on this recent scandal about this new show. I think Pose is incredible. I think it's a great introduction to ball culture. Um, One of the stars from the show, India Moore, has stated that Pose hasn't given 
ballroom a platform, but ballroom gave Pose a platform. So don't think Pose is the epitome of ball culture. It's just one sort of iteration of it. Um, So people from this community, they live and die for this culture. But as history shows, many cultural elements are recognized by the mainstream. And instead of supporting the people already keeping it alive, privileged folks steal from the culture and give them no credit. So it's easy to understand why many people were outraged when they heard Jamila Jamil would be the host of a new ballroom show when she has absolutely zero ties to the culture. At the time the news broke, Jamila, who's Indian and Pakistani, she was believed to be straight, which sparked outcry that she was being a poor ally to the queer community by taking this role from people who had experience. And I agree. I was also angered by the fact that she had a rainbow emoji in her Twitter username, which I've seen a lot of straight people do that to be an ally, quote-unquote, but it kind of makes it difficult and weird to really know who is queer, and then it's like, you don't know if people are staying in their lane or not, because you don't know if they're actually queer, but it's like not really right to ask, so I thought she was straight. But through this whole controversy, she decided it was a good time to come out as queer. So I thought the rainbow emoji was, you know, like these privileged folks pretending to be allies as a performance, um, taking advantage of their privilege, because it's become trendy to support social justice movements, people go to pride that aren't actually queer, Um, it's trendy now, but it's not as trendy to actually do something for these people, and to actually not use your privilege, and to let these people from marginalized communities have the spotlight. So Jamila released this statement, started with Twitter is brutal. She said she never officially came out as queer, but she added the rainbow to her name when she felt ready a few years ago. She said it's not easy within the South Asian community to be accepted. She never lied about being straight, but she kept it on the low because she was scared of the pain of being accused of performative bandwagon jumping. Not sure what that means. Um... She didn't come from a family with anyone openly out. It's scary to openly admit your sexuality. This is not how she wanted to come out. She called Twitter hell of an app. Um, she said that she knows that being queer doesn't qualify her as ballroom, but she has privilege and power and a large following to bring to this show. Sometimes it takes those with more power to help a show get off the ground so we can elevate marginalized stars that deserve the limelight and give them a chance. She clarified that she's not going to be the MC and she's not the main host. She's just a lead judge due to her 11 years of hosting experience, being fully impartial and a newcomer to ballroom. And therefore a window in for people who are just discovering it now and being a longtime ally of the LGBTQ community. She said they start shooting tomorrow. She's so excited to work with the people on the show. Um, she compares the situation to how South Asian stories are almost never told without white stars. She hopes that people don't let a few castings decide to help the show get off the ground, stop them from supporting the talent from Ballroom on the show. She's honored to work with them. She tells the press she doesn't want to talk to them about it, and we should just focus on the contestants of the show until it's out. Whew, that was a doozy. <laughs> um, not really want to like formulate a lot of my opinion because I don't have a lot of qualifications. I'll later sort of give my opinion, but my opinion is solely informed on these tweets from people that are actually qualified to have an opinion. So 
I'll read some of the tweets. Trace Lysette is a member of the ball community. She said um, that she was interviewed for the gig. She was the mother of a house for nearly a decade, and it's kind of mind-blowing when people with no connection to the culture get the gig. She blames the producers for this. She says a ballroom elder who will remain nameless is still fighting for a producing credit for putting the structure of the show together. And Jamila is the executive producer along with two cis white guys who produce Queer Eye, showing her disapproval of Queer Eye, I guess. Um, someone named Johnny Sibley said it's interesting when the show is called Legendary and most of the people that are probably can be compete will already be from the scene. So why not just go to the community, pay, and turn the camera on? The rebranding of Ballroom for a different gaze feels unnecessary. Um, someone named Anthony Bond said that they pitched this idea three years ago and it was titled House of Vogue. And they wanted legendary Ballroom individuals to judge it. And it's just a disservice to the community to not allow our own the platform to lead. Trace Lysa also tweeted, bring your expertise to the table and I'll bring mine. Just know that I won't be eating crumbs at the table while you have a full course meal. I really like that. Um, then later after Jamil came out as queer, more people had more reactions towards this. Trace Lysa said, being queer does not make you ballroom. Being any number of marginalized identities does not make you ballroom. The only thing that makes you ballroom is if you are actually from it. And most of us who are from it sought it out when we had no one else. Um, Jade Bentle said the phrasing of the statement traffics in anti-black dog whistles to position her as a victim who has been forced to come out due to the aggression backlash of black, queer, and trans people rather than being open to being held accountable in seating space. She says demanding access to ballroom culture via queerness whilst not being in any or of any ballroom communities and the dimensions of anti-blackness and the erasure of black queer people and specifically black trans women within this entire debacle is violent. Um, and I'll for, further go into these tweets. So, um, I honestly feel like these tweets cover the bases pretty well, but I'm going to dive into them a little bit more. So pretty much we have proof that people from the ball community were interviewed for the role, but they were passed up for Jamil. Jamila is right that it was inaccurately reported that she would be the MC when she's just a judge. The MC is actually Deshaun Wesley, who has a role in the show Pose. Deshaun has tweeted these, has tweeted about the controversy saying it sucks that the queer community is that, is instead of uplifting their own, has chosen to mainly focus on that negativity. Um, they don't even know anything about the show. The MC is from Ballroom. The DJ, consultants, contestants, down to the glam teams are all attached to Ballroom culture. And then India Moore further replied that these people from ball culture are the stars of the show and they aren't the only stars in the show. Um, and then they said that people should support the show. So Deshaun has defended the level of involvement of people being from ball. Even India Moore has now promoted the show. Um, I think this controversy has brought up some excellent points about weaponizing one's identity, as it has been called. Jamila said, I know that my being queer doesn't qualify me as ballroom, but I have privilege and power and a large following to bring to the show, as does Meg Thee Stallion. She said she kept her queerness low as to not be accused of performative bandwagon jumping. Hmm, strange. 
statement from someone that's actually queer. It's kind of a weird thing to say. Um, she goes on to say, due to her hosting experience and fame, she is fit for the role to bring more attention to the community. She's implying that if they cast all people from Ballroom, the show wouldn't receive as much attention, and so they needed her star status, which is insulting. We should give people who don't have attention the attention to showcase their culture the way they want to. Many were upset that the judges would not come from Ballroom, so they will not know enough to judge effectively. And Jamil said this would make her impartial, but I really feel like it kind of makes her not qualified to judge it because she doesn't really know about the history of the background like you probably won't understand a lot of the influences a lot of the things that these contestants are trying to evoke it's just like being impartial isn't always a good thing when you need something very someone very qualified for a role to fulfill a role um that just makes no sense to me. I'm sorry. That that really makes no sense to me to say like, oh, let me fill this role. Um, I know nothing about it, so I'm going to be incredibly impartial and that will be a benefit to all of you. Why? Why will it be a benefit for you to, for us to waste time trying to educate you on ball culture when you know nothing about it? That makes absolutely no sense to me. I'd rather watch all pros no one knew. We don't need anyone new. Like, I don't think ball culture is asking for new recruits that aren't Black and Latinx people from the LGBTQ community. They're not. So why bring them in? Um, and Trace Lysette made it very clear that just because you're clear, clear, queer does not mean that you understand ballroom. People in ballroom have historically struggled in ways Jamila has absolutely no knowledge of. Most of the people involved were homeless youth. They, you know, had to fight to survive and be in these houses, and that meant the entire world to them. And it's like, how can someone learn that just by being a judge on a show? Like, how could you possibly bring the level of importance to the show that it really deserves, having absolutely no experience having to survive and being kicked out of your home and being homeless and all these things is like you really don't fully understand what this movement means to people. Jade Bentel explains how it is violent for Jamil to demand access to a culture she does not belong to just because she is queer. She goes on to explain that there's a neoliberalization of identity politics. Yeah, that's that's a mouthful. Which has allowed identity to be weaponized in a way that the powerful gain access to and profit off of marginalized communities. Whoa, mind-blowing statement right there. The way she came out also positions her as a victim. And in her statement, never did she express understanding of the harm she's doing by taking this role from someone with roots in the culture and expertise in judging. Hari Ziyad elaborates on the privilege piece, saying this incident highlights the fallacy of, quote, using one's privilege for good, which is not a thing. Continuing to say that what Jamila calls privilege is actually anti-blackness. Because Jamila felt that her outsiderness was needed in this situation. It was called for. It was necessary. When all it is doing is undermining the efforts of this community. When we try to dilute a movement, make it more mainstream, make it accessible to the public, we are essentially erasing part of its history that is true, raw, difficult, but necessary to digest, to fully understand and appreciate it, to not continue its exploitation and erasure. Part of having an identity at all, whether that's privileged or marginalized, is knowing when to stay in your lane. We're all oppressed in different ways, and having one marginalized identity is never an excuse to profit off of someone else's culture. 
This ideology is evident in many groups, such as the anti-blackness and transphobia found in the gay community. People weaponize their identities by claiming that their identity makes them immune to being a bad person. I can't be racist, I'm gay, is an actual thing that has come out of many people's mouths. Never are you relieved of the obligation of working for the benefit of all oppressed groups. Because your oppression is never more important than someone else's. Jamila using this situation as a time to come out feels highly inappropriate. It's a way to prevent criticism at the risk of people seeming homophobic, as a way to shift the focus from her wrongdoing to her suffering, as a way to turn the situation back to being about her. She lacks any accountability, and she has done this time and time again with different social issues. She talks the talk, but does not walk the walk. Hari Ziyad elaborates by saying Jamil using her privilege is heinous, since she only has privilege in this scenario because of, quote, specific violent iterations of anti-blackness and capitalism, iterations Jamil has fully invested in, as a celebrity who takes roles for her own benefit instead of for others. And yes, everyone is fully obligated to make decisions with others' interests in mind. That is called being a good ally. Jamil didn't need another million dollars. She didn't need another show. She didn't do this for survival. She did it to advance her own fame and claimed it was to elevate ballroom culture. She wasn't needed. As Hari says, Jamil implies that without her privilege, the platform is not seen as legitimate. When we encourage privilege to be used, we imply that there are benefits to it which ultimately justifies its existence. That we need privilege because it allows people to have a spotlight put on them. When we don't, everyone should be equally available or equally able to have a spotlight put on them. There shouldn't be someone that is seen as more relevant or valid and her using her somewhat more valid identity to bring the spotlight to this community that isn't seen as valid as her is insulting because it's reinforcing that very system. She's profiting off of it as well. When there's no way to make something evil good. We must create a new system that doesn't involve using our privilege to help people because that's not a thing. There's no legitimate way to use privilege. Ballroom didn't need new people to make it famous. There are enough incredible people involved already. What the producers of this show should have done is created a show by and for the ballroom community. We should all be asking whether the community wants their culture to be projected to the mainstream. As we all know how that usually goes. There's inherent risk and vulnerability in opening up something underground to the mostly white mainstream, which will probably misunderstand, mutilate, steal, and profit off it as they see fit. I question who this show is for. Is it so those of us not involved can feel like we're a part of it? So we can once again prove that there's no space that we can't access? There's nothing that isn't ours? There's nowhere that we don't belong? Because the people in Ballroom actually didn't belong anywhere. They were not accepted. They were attacked, and they were brutalized by the mainstream and their loved ones. They made something out of absolutely nothing, and it became all they had. I only have interest in observing and learning if someone is willing to share. I in no way think I am entitled to access anything I want. I understand the mistrust of white people. I understand the hesitation to let in people that formerly targeted you. I understand the desire to keep something so sacred and special, sacred and special, which usually means that you're going to keep it private. 
I don't want everything to be mainstream and commercialized. Not everyone deserves access to every space. And in this entire stunt, Jamila has failed to recognize that. Most of the people outraged by her involvement are from the very community she has taken it upon herself to invade and to speak for. She could really benefit from listening to the very people she thinks she is helping and realize she is only acting in her own interest. Just because you were offered a role doesn't mean you have to take it. And Scarlett Johansson needs to learn the same damn thing. When you are indiscriminate with your involvements, it shows an extreme ignorance to the true meaning and effect of your involvement. You miss an opportunity to actually amplify the voices of marginalized folks by forgetting about your power and privilege and advantaging them. You could be advantaging people that need it, but instead you're advantaging yourself. The people that are marginalized deserve preferential treatment. They deserve to have roles given to them. As an outsider, you do not. Your privilege isn't wanted nor beneficial to the countless people who are passed up for the role you have that are sitting at home watching you judge a world you can even begin to imagine the importance of. You're sending a clear message. I want to be here. I want to be in your space. I'm entitled to be, so I took it upon myself to invade. This makes you no better than any of their other tormentors. I really encourage all of you to read more about ball culture and it's Black History Month in February, so it should be every month. It shouldn't just be a single month. But learn about queer black history. This isn't really talked about as much, but queerness is black and is Latinx. And there are so many roots of amazing, incredible people in queer history that we really fail to recognize usually. Um, so take this as an opportunity to delve deeper into this and consume media by these people. Educate yourself and learn when you must step to the side and let others shine. Be a true ally and put the marginalized folks you claim to fight for first. Forget yourself in these situations. True advocacy is promoting the rights of the people who need it, even if it means disadvantaging yourself. Everyone is privileged and oppressed in some ways, but there's no excuse for being a shitty person. That's all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was thought-provoking. If you disagree or you have something to add to the conversation, please let me know. Reach out on Facebook. Do Better Podcast. Love to hear people's thoughts about this. Um, If you're informed, not if you're just like, well, I think people should do whatever they want to do because that's not really a good um, argument. So let me know what you think. Um, I'll be back soon. There's been so many interesting things in pop culture recently, a lot of important conversations going on. I learned most of this stuff from Twitter, so I really recommend getting in getting into social justice Twitter if you like social media. Um, There's so much to learn in such a really conceivable format, I guess. So yeah, I hope that you heed this information and um, there's something to learn in all of these situations and all of these scandals. And hopefully, if nothing else, you learn how you can be a better ally and you can be a better person um, regardless of whatever identity you have never using that as an excuse to harm others. So that's all I have for you. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time and keep doing better.